BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst, Glenn Kirchner. The special grand jury investigating election interference in Georgia recommended indicting 40 people, but only 19 people were charged. Glenn says DA Fawny Willis is not done yet, and there are many different ways this could play out. So friends, take it from this old prosecutor. Generally, when a grand jury assesses all of the evidence during the course of a grand jury investigation and concludes that somebody should be indicted, Usually, that somebody is indicted. So why is it that 21 of the people the Georgia grand jury recommended should be indicted haven't been? First of all, here's some of the new reporting. This from PBS headline, Georgia grand jury recommended charges for 21 additional Trump allies in election case. A report reveals a special grand jury in Georgia recommended charges for twice as many people than the 19 ultimately indicted for efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis has not brought charges against the 21 others named in the report, including three senators and a former senior White House official. So friends, the burning question is, why aren't those 21 people, people like Senator Lindsey Graham and disgraced former General Mike Flynn, why aren't they indicted? Well, let's go to a quick Team Justice Law School class and talk about the three most likely reasons those 21 people are not indicted, at least not yet. Reason number one, In the Georgia State RICO indictment, in which 19 people were indicted, 19 co-conspirators, 19 criminal associates, including Donald Trump and Mark Meadows, John Eastman, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Jeffrey Clark, Jenna Ellis, lots of fake electors, and others. In that indictment, there are 30 unnamed, unindicted co-conspirators. 30 people who have some criminal culpability, who were part of this conspiracy, who committed crimes, but who are not indicted, at least not in that first RICO indictment. So here is, I think, one of the leading reasons why the 21 people that the grand jury said should be indicted have not been indicted. Many of them might be those unnamed, unindicted, co-conspirators in the big RICO indictment that was handed down. Some of those people, for example, may have been granted immunity and they may be an unindicted co-conspirator. If you're granted immunity, you're, you're not indicted even though you were part of the conspiracy. 
Some of them might be formal cooperating witnesses. What do I mean by that? Well, if some of those 21 people decided to cut their losses, plead guilty to their crimes, and agree to cooperate against the other co-conspirators, the prosecutors could have cut deals with them, you know, plead guilty to a lesser charge and agree to testify truthfully about the crimes of others. And they may also be some of those unindicted co-conspirators, those 30 unnamed co-conspirators in the RICO indictment. So that may account for lots of the 21 who the grand jury said should be indicted. There was enough evidence to indict them, but they are not yet indicted. Well, they may be part, they may make up part of the 30 unindicted co-conspirators in the RICO indictment. That is possibility number one. Possibility number two, those 21 people that the grand jury said there is enough evidence to indict them, I think we have to talk about the different evidentiary burdens of proof to indict somebody and to convict them at trial. To indict somebody, it's a relatively low evidentiary standard, probable cause. It is the same evidentiary standard to issue a search warrant, to issue an arrest warrant, and to indict somebody, probable cause. But as you probably know, to convict somebody at trial, it's the mother of all burdens of proof, proof beyond a reasonable doubt, the highest burden of proof known to the criminal law. So, District Attorney Willis might have looked at these 21 people and might have said, you know, I appreciate that the grand jury believes there's probable cause to indict them for crimes, but I have to be able to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. And let me tell you, there is a mile of evidentiary daylight between those two standards, probable cause and proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And DA Willis might have said, you know, I'm not so sure I have the evidence that will meet that burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. So maybe Fonnie Willis decided to decline to indict some of those 21 because there were some evidentiary shortfalls in her opinion. That's reason number two, that's a possibility. Reason number three, which frankly I like the most, is that a second indictment is coming in Georgia. There are 21 people. Now remember, 19 were indicted. So the grand jury said these 40 should be indicted. There's enough evidence to indict these 40 people. And in the first indictment, the RICO indictment, which is now public, we've seen it, 19 of them were indicted. 21 were not. Might there be a second indictment on the way? indicting some or all of the remaining 21, at least those suspects who either are not cooperating witnesses or not granted immunity, such that they are unindicted co-conspirators in the first indictment, or people that DA Willis believed maybe there wasn't enough evidence to bring charges. It really feels like a second indictment should be coming and it should charge some of those 21 additional individuals, the grand jury said, there's enough evidence to indict. And think about this. There's actually a parallel between that approach and what special counsel Jack Smith 
is doing in his prosecution of Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. for Trump's attempt to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. Remember the first indictment? Jack Smith had the grand jury issue in D.C. in federal court. Donald Trump is the only one indicted. And yet we know that there are six unindicted co-conspirators in that first Trump indictment. They haven't been charged yet, but we kind of know who they are because they're identified in substance, right? Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, John Eastman, Kenneth Cheeseborough, Jeffrey Clark, and there's a sixth one that I think it's an open question as to who it might be. But there was obviously enough evidence to indict those people, but they haven't been indicted at least not in the first Trump indictment. Now, do I believe they will be indicted in a second or subsequent indictment? You bet, because I cannot imagine special counsel Jack Smith announcing to the American people in that first Trump indictment, by the way, folks, these six additional individuals are co-conspirators with Donald Trump. They committed crimes as part of Donald Trump's corrupt scheme to overturn the election's results. I can't imagine Jack Smith would announce that to us and then just say, but I'm not going to indict them. I'm not going to hold them accountable. So in DC, it sure looks like there was one indictment with Trump and then there likely will be another indictment with some of those unindicted co-conspirators. Feels like the same thing might be going on down in Georgia. One indictment issued, with 19 of the 40 people that the grand jury said committed crimes, and a second indictment may very well be on the way with at least some of the remaining 21. That would make perfect sense to me. And I do think those are the three leading contenders as to why there are these 21 people who the grand jury announced, yeah, we believe they committed crimes, we believe they should be indicted, but they haven't been indicted yet. It is pretty important that they ultimately be held accountable, and given everything we've seen of District Attorney Willis, as I have said, I don't think she owns a pair of kid gloves, so I think at the end of the day, she will do everything she can to hold accountable everyone, everyone that the evidence suggests committed crimes in violation of Georgia state law, and that is as it should be, because justice matters. Coming up, Donald Trump continues to try to poison all future jury pools in his upcoming trials. Is there a way to stop him? Glenn talks about that next on Justice Matters. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Donald Trump is on pretrial release in four felony cases, yet he continues to spread lies about the cases that could help him win in court. Glenn says that judges need to step up and protect the rights of we the people to a fair trial. So friends, Donald Trump is doing his nefarious best to poison all jury pools with his incessant lies about the four prosecutions pending against him. Listen to just some of what he's been saying at his hate rallies. This from CNN. Headline, Trump is explaining exactly how wild and extreme his second term would be. And that article begins, Donald Trump is conjuring his most foreboding vision yet of a possible second term, telling supporters in language resonant of the run-up to the January 6th mob attack on the U.S. Capitol that they need to fight like hell or they will lose their country. The rhetorical escalation from the four times indicted, twice impeached, ex-president came at a rally in South Dakota on Friday night where he accused his possible 2024 opponent, President Joe Biden, of ordering his indictment on 91 charges across four criminal cases as a form of election interference. Put a pin in that, friends. We're going to come back to it. The article continues with a quote from Trump. I don't think there's ever been a darkness around our nation like there is now, Trump said in a dystopian speech in which he accused Democrats of allowing an invasion of migrants over the southern border and of trying to restart COVID hysteria. The Republican frontrunner's stark speech raised the prospect of a second presidency that would be even more extreme and challenging to the rule of law than the first. His view that the Oval Office confers unfettered powers suggests Trump would indulge in similar conduct as that for which he is awaiting trial, including intimidating local officials in an alleged bid to overturn his 2020 defeat. Now, with all due respect to the author of this article, when the article observes that Trump's view that the Oval Office confers unfettered powers suggests Trump would indulge in similar conduct if he made his way back to the Oval Office. I don't think we need to speculate what Donald Trump would do in a second term. He told us directly, unequivocally, back in December. Remember this headline? Trump calls for the termination of the Constitution in a Truth Social post. Former President Donald Trump called for the termination of the Constitution to overturn the 2020 election and reinstate him to power Saturday in a continuation of his election denialism 
and pushing of fringe conspiracy theories. So friends, I suggest it's beyond dispute that Donald Trump is a clear and present danger to our democracy. But what I want to take on specifically is how Donald Trump continues to poison all jury pools with his lies. And he's allowed to do it. Not a single prosecutor, not a single judge has done anything to try to curb his lies, to try to stop his lies, to try to put reasonable limitations on his speech and on his posts. And that, frankly, is something I will never understand and I will never be able to explain to anyone's satisfaction. But Donald Trump lied in his most recent speech by saying President Joe Biden ordered him indicted on 91 felony charges across four criminal cases in both state and federal jurisdictions. President Biden ordered Donald Trump indicted. That's what Trump said. That is a jury pool poisoning lie. Think about it. The people who hear Donald Trump assert, as a matter of fact, that Joe Biden ordered him prosecuted in four jurisdictions, in Washington, D.C., in Florida, in New York, in Georgia, the people who hear those lies might take away from them, oh, I guess this is just a, a political hit job. I guess this really is election interference like Donald Trump claims. I mean, he just told us flat out that Joe Biden ordered him indicted on those 91 charges in four jurisdictions. And let's face it, there's no prosecutor stepping up in court, attacking those lies, trying to tamp down those lies, trying to prevent Donald Trump from saying those things. There's no judge that has reprimanded him or said, you know, you can't say those things while you're on pretrial release because they would poison the well of public opinion. They would poison future jury pools. So I guess when he says those things, it must be true. Donald Trump is allowed to poison all jury pools with impunity. People are absorbing the things he's saying about Joe Biden ordering these prosecutions. And unless and until prosecutors, judges, courts step up and protect the right of the American people to a fair trial, Donald Trump is doing his nefarious best to win an unfair trial by being allowed to poison all potential jurors with his lies. It would be wonderful, wonderful, if prosecutors and judges would step up and protect the right of we the people to a fair trial. You know, a fair trial of Donald Trump's democracy-busting crimes. Because, you know, justice matters. Friends, hang in there. It's always darkest before the dawn. Please stay safe. Please stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with you all again soon.
For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.